Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to another edition of TV Line's Dream Emmy-themed podcast series. With me today is Sarah Gilbert, who led the charge to keep the Roseanne franchise afloat via the Connors, and it paid off. The spinoff quickly emerged not only as ABC's number one comedy, but one of broadcast TV's most reliably funny and emotionally grounded sitcoms. It's hardly a surprise that ABC has commissioned a 19-episode second season. Sarah, welcome. Thank you. When did you know that... Or when did you have a feeling that the, the experiment, the Connors experiment, was going to work? Was it like well, a review? Was it the ta- first table read? Was it, it the ratings? It went in and out. You know, like the first week, I at the first table read, I definitely was not sure. I mean, I felt like the script was great, but I wasn't sure. And then we did the first taping, and I felt really good about that taping and I thought oh we just might have something here and then we did the second taping and then suddenly I wasn't sure you know it was like oh these are the growing pains this is in some ways a new show and the you know it's almost like okay it was a great pilot but then we had to kind of find our legs I would say over the first few episodes and figure out what worked and what didn't work and which direction was best um, and then the mo- then there was the moment when I felt like it was going to work in the world because I still had anxiety about whether people would watch or enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And um, we were about to shoot one of the episodes, and we were going to air the next day, and the reviews started coming in. And I just there were so many positive, glowing reviews that we were getting them on our phones and looking, and it was like, oh, wow, this might actually work. Did you have a lot of anxiety? You seem some like someone who's super cool. Like, you never see Sarah Gilbert sweat. Yeah. Um, and I'm wondering... You I don't ha- see it, but I feel it. Do, yeah, yeah, you hide it well. <laughs> um, what was your anxiety level um, in the lead-up to the show uh, premiering? It was high because... You know, we wanted to preserve the legacy of the show. So it wasn't like a normal situation where you hope your show does well and you're a little anxious and you have your own personal ambition involved and, God, I don't want to fail because what am I going to do next? It was like far bigger than that. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, we had gone to a point where our reruns had all been pulled off the air and the show was gone and we were feeling like, if we left things as they were, no one would ever see the show again. It would be like this banned substance. So I think we just felt a lot of pressure riding on that. And it was also, you know, seen with controversy. So we had the pressure of that, of not wanting to let people down, trying to give something to them that they 
would feel was the appropriate balance of everything that we were trying to accomplish. I remember when I saw the first episode, I was so pleasantly surprised because I remember thinking of all of the forces working against this show before it premiered and all of the, the negativity. And um, I can't even imagine how that might impact the creative process with all of this swirling around the show and the fact that you were able to deliver a, a premiere episode that exceeded my expectations as a Roseanne fan. It was nothing short of a, a miracle. Thank you. Yeah, it was. It did feel like, are we in a situation where there's no right answer? And I think the whole time we wanted to be respectful and honor this character that people had loved, regardless of what had happened in the world, people had loved our show and loved us as a family. And we were feeling the loss of that and we wanted people to experience that because that's what life is. Were you, I'm imagining you were in the room with the writers when the first episode was broken? Were you? Like, I'm just curious what that process was like, that, that first time they met and were like, what do we do now? Like, right. They talked for a long time before there was even a room. Okay. Yeah. So it was a very, very long process with a lot of back and forth. Did you always sort of envision that Darlene would step up into sort of the matriarch role? Whether, you know, reluctant matriarch for sure. Right. I mean, I see, I think it, I think, I really see the show as an ensemble, truly. And I think that all the characters sort of fill different parts now that have been left unattended and fill various holes that are there. Um, I don't know. I'm even personally reluctant to label her like that. How come? Just. Um, well, it's interesting because I you don't think Darlene is a matriarch. That's why I sort of said reluctant. She she's sort of an anti-matriarch in some ways. Right. But that's what I think makes her so interesting and fun to watch because she doesn't know what she's doing. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't know what she's doing. And yeah, she does have to take care of Dan to some degree and take care of her kids. And, you know, I guess I just don't, I wouldn't want to label it like that because I never, I felt like there was a place that there was now something missing from the show that no one of us was ever going to be able to fill. Mm -hmm. So I just see it as we each came together as a family, you know, yep. as opposed to this one character being able to take the place of what was missing. So you were an executive producer in the first season of the Roseanne revival. You obviously still hold that title in the Connors season one. I have to imagine your scope of responsibilities expanded somewhat when the Connors came came on the air or that you had more to do than say in the first season of the Roseanne revival? Mm -mm. Really? No. Yeah. I think the first season of the Roseanne revival was a lot. I mean, if, yeah, if anything, it was like we sort of knew more what we were doing in a way, you know, from the, the reboot was really like, staffing from scratch yeah. all the writers and you know where are the connors now and all the ideas and so no i would say it was similar mm -hmm. so much of what made the original roseanne 
series so great was the the writing. You yeah. know, to me, it all. Com- I mean, the cast is great and everything, but the writing is the so writing. important to this show. Um, how do you assemble a writing team for for the, the Roseanne, but also more more importantly, the Connors, when you have that legacy behind you of such incredible writing? I have to imagine that that's hard. Well, I think. Tom, I have to give Tom a lot of credit because it starts at the top and he really felt we should find somebody who wrote the original series who led one of the best seasons. Mm -hmm. So that's how Bruce Helford came up. His season, I think, won a Peabody and all these awards. So he was really a standout in the original. And then when we talked to him, you know, I he he won i wasn't as sure because i you know we didn't work as closely together back then and i didn't know you know should it be a fresh voice what should what should it be and then when i talked to bruce it was so obvious that he understood this family and that he was saying this was my family i grew up like this and he would talk about them shutting off the electricity and he i think the thing that bruce and i share in common is this desire to make the stories as sad as they are funny or as impactful as they are funny and conflict and the grit of the show. So I think that's really, I give him and and then the other two EPs, Bruce and Dave, the other Bruce mm-hmm. and Dave now, a lot of credit because they just understand the show. In uh, last season, the, the Connors first season, um, Darlene uh, flirted with a new romance. Yeah. Um, and a friend of yours uh, played. The, tell me about how that the casting and all that. Yeah, Jay Ferguson. Jay Ferguson, who was great. He's so great. Um, yeah, we were just going through lists of, you know, who we could cast. And it was funny because at first I felt like, well, he's my friend. I don't know. And being my love interest, you know, I kind of like. I just, it took me a second and then I was talking to a friend of mine and she was saying, you guys have such great chemistry, you know? And I thought, God, that's so true. And I really just can't think of a better actor. Like every time I've worked with him, we just worked together on a show, Living Biblically, and he was the lead. And I just, I couldn't believe how great he could do these lines and do this part. And I've seen him do other things and I'm always kind of blown away. So it really was a no-brainer. And then I started to also like the idea that because his character is competing with Johnny's character for my affection, and Johnny's character, you know, even though he doesn't always know that, but but Johnny's character, people know we have this, like, 30-year history. And so I started to feel like, oh, well, if Jay and I have a 30-year friendship, Maybe even though people haven't seen it, they'll feel it on some level. And if somebody new is cast, it just might not feel as weighty as Johnny feels, you know. Right. So I thought maybe there's something. I don't. I'm probably overthinking it, but something intangible that people will pick up on that we have a history. And in a perfect world where the Big Bang Theory never existed, is Johnny on the show more? What would he have been on the show more in the first season of The Connors? Would maybe Darlene and David been living together under the same roof? I mean, who knows? I I love Johnny and will always have him as much as he wants to do the show. Yeah. And if I could totally see something like that, although I like, I I did like that it didn't work out perfectly. I think that was good for the story. Mm-hmm. One of the great things about the Connors was every 
all the supporting characters and actors got more to do, um, particularly Lisi, who I thought was just phenomenal in the, in the f- first season. And I, and I think one of the most satisfying aspects of the, of the season for me was the relationship between Becky and Darlene. Um, I've always loved that relationship. Um, talk to me about the evolution of that relationship and how the two of them sort of had to come together in a way they never had to before. Um, and also what it's just like working with her. Yeah, well, I def- I mean, I think, you know, any family goes through a big loss and then the dynamics shift and redefine. And so we did have to start working together a little bit, telling each other our feelings. You know, I think siblings often kind of can pit against each other and then they lose a parent and suddenly it's just like something else comes into play. So mm-hmm. I think that has, although we'll always fight and we'll always have that sibling rivalry. And watching Lisa, she's just extraordinary. You know, I'll watch her in scenes and just, I can't believe how good she is. It's its like I'll watch her in person and she's phenomenal, but then I watch it on screen and it's almost like it goes up another level. It's really st- strange, like where all other actors, it looks like what it looks like, but I don't know how she did. It's almost like a magic trick. It's like something extra happens on camera. Mm-hmm. So it's been pretty incredible to see how she's grown and, and the depth of emotion she's gone to. And I know she's just so committed to the show and, and her character and making it as good as she can, you know, that she's really excelled. Do you have a particular standout moment from <clears throat> season one that you're proud of, creative? storyline um a moment yeah i'm i I think i'm proud i mean i i am proud of the first episode but i think i'm proud of the fact that we set out to have this really dramatic storyline and it was really important to me and to everybody else creatively that it not just be one very special episode of television Mm -hmm. but how the grief would affect this family and i really wanted um, Jackie to kind of lose it at the end of the season. So I'm proud that we stuck to that and that it really happened. And I like seeing the grief ripple across time. Mm-hmm. And do you feel like at this point, as you head into season two, that the cloud over the show is sort of lifted, the, the cloud of controversy and um, cloud of doubt? I think we are... People are now looking at it as the Connors, probably. So I think, you know, time, as time has passed, then I think people just see it for what it is more now. So you did 11 episodes in the first season. You're doing 19 in season two. Uh, Any concerns about increasing the workload and doing so many? And, you know, are there 19 really great stories that you have to tell? Right. Sure. Yeah. 19 times three, actually. I already told you I'm anxious, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's always like a leap of faith. You know, it's funny because it's just our different, the producers' different personalities come out, and I'll, you know, I'll be more like, okay, yeah, all right, I, th- I think we can we do it. Oh, no, I'm a little scared. And then Bruce Helford is always like, let's go, we can make a 1,000, <laughs> you know? And then Tom is kind of like, well, let's keep it to this number. You know, he's sort of right down the middle. Right. So I think it's just we all play out our own personal fears. But the truth is, if I didn't think we, if I truly didn't believe we could make good episodes, then I would say, no, let's not make that many. 
And um, what does the writer's room look like in season two? Is it pretty similar to season one? Is it drastically different? You're bringing in new blood? Well, it's changed because we we always have done the show as not a regular show where you have five and six year contracts. Yeah. So people are have one year and then we don't know for a while if we're doing it and then they have to get another job. So that's, there's been sort of some natural changeover just because of the way the deals are structured. Yeah. So it's changed, but the core people are mostly the same. Yeah, the top few are the same. And, um, you know, I won't go too much into season two because I know you're, it's early days, but the casts, casting, most of it was an announced, a uh, couple omissions, like Michael was in, in, included in the cast. And then um, I think it was M, M, Emma. Yeah, they in, just, it, that was just a function of whether all the paperwork was yeah. done. But yeah, no, they'll, they will both be on the show. Okay. So yeah. is it, uh, the core cast, Jay, will Jay be back? Um, I don't know if I can announce that, but okay. I will say we left it with a cliffhanger, yeah, right? So maybe. And I spoke to Johnny and he um, said he'd love to come back to do a couple episodes. Um, so I imagine you have plans for him as well. I don't know what I'm supposed to say or not say, but if Johnny okay. said that, John, Johnny great. said that, yes. It's on the record, <laughs> Johnny said that. Um, and um, the one other thing, I have to imagine we're going to get an episode, I hope, I'm going to make a, a personal plea here that we get an episode revolving around Becky giving birth, because I, I feel like that is uh, just rich with complications, chaos, and emotion. Well, it would be, yeah, it seems like there probably would be something like that. Well, I mean, unless you do a time much... jump and we come back and she's right. already got the baby. right. Which shows have done before. Shows have done that. Don't do that. I'm asking <laughs> you, don't do that. I, 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 I love that storyline, but I also think that there's just probably a lot of comedy gold to be mined from that. Yeah. I would say it, we, we will probably not be doing a time cut okay. without giving too many spoilers. All right. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.